My name is Mark McGowan and you are listening to Inspire Radio. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Sportslink Sport and sorry, Reclink Sports and Rec Radio Show with the Ratio and Simone. It is 222. We are very lucky to have our next guest on the phone, and that's um Nicole Bolton. And Nicole Bolton is former Australian cricketer and current West Australian superstar. Thanks for being with us today, Nicole. Thanks for having me on the show, Arazio. It's been a while, so it's good to hear your voice. It has been a while. Um, just to let the listeners know, we have a little bit of history together. Um, uh, until recently, I was working with the Wacker and uh, for the last five or so years, heavily involved in the female program. So um, for my sins, I used to throw a few balls to Nick so she could bash me around in the nets and help her prepare for um, WNCL and uh, Big Bash Cricket with the Perth Scorchers. Um, just to give everyone a little bit of a background with uh, Nicole. Nicole obviously plays for for WA. Um, and she's also uh, played for Australia. She made a one-day international debut for Australia um, in January 2014. And just to show everyone how easy it is, she just went off and peeled off 124 um, of 152 balls, which is still the highest score by an Australian woman in an ODA on in an ODI on debut. Um, geez, that must have been pretty awesome, Nick. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty special day, uh, to be honest. And I think it was made even more special because the fam came over as well. So, um, and to play on the hallowed turf of the MCG, it's uh, not not everyone gets that opportunity. So, yeah, it was pretty special. Um, just with the just with the G, and obviously, um, I'm not having a go at you, but you're not you're not the, the the tallest girl in the world, Nicole. Obviously, standing in the middle of the MCG, looking around at all those stadiums, you're you a pocket have... rocket, aren't you, Nicole? <laughs> so sharp, all right. So yeah, that's good Simone. things come in small packages, isn't you they? Must have, that's what they say. Looking yeah. in the middle of the MCG, you must have felt even like a, the biggest coliseum of all time. Oh, it was a re- really bizarre feeling, to be honest, because we are playing in this iconic venue and, and obviously they're not having that many spectators um, around. It was a really weird sort of eerie feeling. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was nice to still have your family there. And, you know, I've been to the MCG and done one of those sports tours before and, you know, you're not allowed actually on the grass. You yeah. can sort of go on the outside and to actually – walk onto the grass and play on it was, um, yeah, it was pretty special. Um, now, obviously, also part of the, um, the well, the historic team, I guess, last year that, that broke through and won the WNCL title. Um, so that must have been a fantastic feeling, Nicole, because you've been part of this whole uh, WA cricket scene. Other than that little, we, we won't mention the little blip where you went over and um, when it played for Victoria for a season, so we, we'll just we'll just scrub that one off the off the history history pages. But um, other than that, you've been you've been part of the journey and part of the system for a long time. Um, to finally, uh, you know, win the title that you worked so hard to to play for that must have been one of the most amazing feelings of all time. Yeah, I think so. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think. Um you know, starting my career with WA as a 15, 16-year-old, um, you know, it's been a, a long slog and there's been a lot of people involved over those years that have put in a lot of time and effort into our program and um, it was just massive for us to be able to achieve that ultimate success earlier this year. I think a lot of credit probably goes to Christina Matthews um, and the Wacker board for their support within the women's program. I think um, that's something that we've 
you know, really put a lot of time and resources in over the, oh, I guess five to eight years um, that Christina has been involved in. And I think that's really helped us actually develop players over here and, and start to actually um, develop our skills against some of the best players across the country. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a bloody good day and it's something that I'll look back on my career and I think it's going to be probably the top thing that, um, you know, I would have achieved. Yep. So well, um, even more than get, getting the, uh, the the baggy green, getting presented the baggy green? Oh, look, I think they're going to go hand in hand. Uh, playing for Australia is and receiving that baggy, that's pretty bloody awesome as well. And, um, you know, and again, like you talk about hard work and there was a lot of hard work that went into to receiving that and, and then being able to play for Australia. And, and I think they both probably sit pretty high um, up the top there. And But I think for, for WA being playing, I think oh, I've been playing this my 16th um, year now and it's been a, a bit of a long slog. Um, but, you know, I think now that we've sort of achieved that, um, you know, this group can and hopefully back it up and, and do the double again this year. Yeah, I don't want to um, brush past that what you've just said. There's 16 years playing at the top level in in Australia in 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 your game in your chosen sport. Um, that's pretty phenomenal, Nicole, and you should be really proud of that. Um, and even to add on top of that, the, let's not underestimate the role you had in the final. I mean, I know it's a team game, um, but uh, you know you had a, a, a starring role with both bat and ball, um, and then for you know, the, the season to culminate as well. Not only did you win the WNCL trophy with with your teammates, but to to be named a Zoe Goss medalist. I mean, that that must have been a, a proud moment as well. Yeah, definitely. I think when you when you're a kid, and I, I always sort of think about this, and um, it was something I was able to achieve playing for Subi Flory at last season. Um, you always dream of playing a pivotal role in a really big final or a big game, and and you know, to me, that sort of really shows where you're at under pressure and, um, you know, if your skills really shine through. And I think for me to be able to do that um, for the team is something that I've really I've dreamt of doing and, and, and playing that major role. And I didn't want to get to the last dance and my best performances be behind me. So I was really hell-bent on making sure that I was going to contribute in some capacity. And I think the great thing about our group is across the whole season, um, there wasn't just one or two players that stood up every time. It was a collective. And I think that was really, um, you know, pleasing for me to really just go about my business. And, you know, it was my day um, on, on the final day, but I think everyone contributed to that overall success that we, we felt um, after winning. Oh, definitely. Well, I mean, you can't bat on your own. And <laughs> you, um, you, you can't bowl well, you no could. fielders. You could, but not much else will happen. Um, So we, we, uh, uh, just just for your knowledge, we just had Ellie Lampkin um, in the studio um, and she was sort of talking about her journey in AFL football and and you you, you know Ellie quite well. Um, She did sort of mention that although you you do uh, bleed, your heart bleeds purple for the Freya Dockers, she said she'd be very happy for you to um, come over to the... The West Coast Eagles. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, right. And we, we sort of heard about her journey into into footy and how she sort of come into it quite late. Um, you know, we're, we're celebrating Women's Health Week and we want to sort of promote the fact that, um, you know, there, there, there are so many more sporting opportunities for women and, and girls now than ever before. Talk a bit, a bit about your journey into cricket. Yeah, I think uh, my journey into cricket was probably 
um, you know, not too dissimilar to maybe Ellie's experience with footy is um, I didn't really get into it until I was 15. So I was really fortunate. Um, my family was really supportive of me getting involved in a lot of different sports when I was really young. And I think um, that was great because I sort of tried my luck in netball, tennis, golf. Um, and I really got exposed to sort of, I guess, different team sports. And that was always a massive thing for me is I found the individual sports really hard, but whenever I was involved in team sports, there was just something about being a part of a team that I really was passionate about. And, and when I was 15, um, for the first uh, year, MLC, the school that I was at, was actually running a girls um, cricket team and they were involved in um, a school girls cricket competition. And um, the coach at the time was actually Helen Andrews, who was playing for the Western Fury. So um, I sort of uh, got to know Helen a little bit and obviously played under her and, and really started to enjoy cricket. And, and then she sort of asked me to come down and play for Subiaco Morris at the time. And, um, as you, as you know, Angel and Avril were stalwarts of the mm -hmm. Subi Maris club and um, they sort of welcomed me in into that family. And, um, you know, and then a year later, I, I made my debut for WA. So I think for me, it's probably, um, you know, a bit of a late bloomer, but things then happen really quickly. So um, I guess when, when you're sort of young and you're, and you're getting involved in sport at that level, sometimes you can take a little bit for granted. And I think early doors, that was probably where I was at. And it wasn't really until I was in my mid-20s that I sort of realised how grateful I was to have people that really um, not pushed me into the sport but were really supportive and, and could see um, the potential that I had. Mm -hmm. And wow, <laughs> look wow. where you are now, 16 years later, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Australian, you know, Australian player, um, WNCL champion, um, played, played big, you know, for playing Big Bash, which is, uh, you know, obviously a, a really exciting part of the, the cricket program here in, um, in Australia. Um, so, so with that, that sort of leads into my next sort of question. Um, you know, it's probably obvious, but... How, how has the game changed over the last five years for you? It's been, it's been one hell of a ride. I think if you um, look back 15 years ago and playing state cricket, I think, um, well, you, you know, we would train. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the year that I started, <laughs> we, we weren't getting paid to play, but the only thing that was sort of getting paid for was our flights and accommodation. And then um, on top of that, we'd only train probably – Oh, two two nights a week and it was always obviously after work hours because majority of um majority of the girls actually worked full time so it was just something that they sort of were doing um on the side because they were really passionate about it and then over time um you know the the sport became a little bit more professionalized and in 2014 it was a sort of a historic occasion when um cricket australia really um, you know, saw the value and, and the direction that the sport was going and, and put a lot of money into um, contracting, you know, the, the best 15, 16 girls across Australia and, and turning them into full-time professional athletes. So, um, you know, and ever since then, the, their investment in the women's space has just been unbelievable and it's, and it's definitely filtered back down into um, state land. I think, you know, we're starting to get in a position where, um, we're still semi-professional in state land and then through big bash, but I think you're going to see over the next few years that, um, you know, this sport's really going to 
um, keep on flying and, and provide that opportunity as a genuine um, uh, opportunity for girls to play sport as their profession. And, and that's really exciting. And I think um, off the back of the success of the WBBL, um, a lot more girls and, and a lot more people are watching now and, and seeing, um, you know, what can be done within that space. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a bloody good journey and it's only going to get better. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. I'm just blown away. That's, that's <laughs> amazing. I love it. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Just um, some of the growth I've seen because I've, I've been lucky to sort of be part of the ride a little bit over the last sort of five years. Um, I know the games that, that are held out at Lilac Hill, um, which which get you know really good patronage from um, the public coming out to watch you girls play in the Big Bash. Um, that walk from the the marquees on the ground to the the dressing rooms, um, which is oh, what will we say fifty meters at the most, um, sometimes yeah, takes. Yeah. Well, after a game, it takes you about an hour, doesn't it? Look, with all the autographs you saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's how much it's changed. I mean, normally when you're, you're walking off, you, you don't have to look anyone in the eye because you're already <laughs> embarrassed enough about walking out. So you're sort of, you know, willering in your own, um, you know, p- bad performance. But then you, you sort of look up and you see the kids and the family and people that just want to say, well done. And, and I think that just sort of really shifts your mindset after – you know, you might be walking off having scored runs, not scoring runs, but sort of brings a little bit more perspective back to say that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're performing or not, like everyone's sort of there to actually um, support. And and that's what I love about the Wildlife Fixture is it's just an, an amazing festival day. And, I mean, we're going to we're gonna miss it um, this season because it's obviously yeah. the season's looking a lot different. But, um, you know, they do do a fantastic job um, up there. Mm-hmm. So with that, you've just sort of hinted on it. Um, obviously, we're all we're all in in uh, a new world at the moment, and, and sort of having to to deal with things in order to to continue and, and for the show to go on. Um, I know details might be a little bit sketchy still, but hub life, how, how's that going to sort of work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really unusual time, and and I think. Um, you know, what we've seen, I guess, across sports like the AFL and the NRL that um, the hub life, um, you know, can be done and, and sport will go on. And, and I think that's sort of where we're at at the moment is we know that um, we're going to be based over in Sydney within a hub for five weeks. Um, it's going to be full on and we're going to try and get obviously all our, our games in. So it might look like we might play every second day, Um you know, and then obviously coming back over into WA, we've, we've got that additional two-week quarantine period. So, you know, it's a lot different than just um, heading in and out and travelling around the country and having home games. So um, I think for girls that have experienced potentially playing at the next level, it's not too dissimilar than being involved in a in a World Cup or, or travelling to a subcontinent where you are hotel-bound because you, you actually can't, um, for security reasons, you can't yeah. leave the hotel. So... Um, a lot. Some of those girls would definitely be having to pass on their experience and how to pass time and and how to look after yourself. Um, and I really believe that um, you know the teams that are probably going to be the most successful are the ones that the staff and the coaches are really going to manage, um, you know, manage the group effectively. But more importantly, players are, are really going to manage themselves because it is so unique um, and it, it is going to be quite isolating at different times. So, um, you know, people's well-being is paramount during this time. So 
Um, we know that we've got an, an enormous amount of support within um, the, the mental health and wellbeing space and, and that's something that you know discussions have started to make sure that players are, are comfortable to be able to go in. That's a that's a fantastic um, point you made there, and that's that's uh, something we're we're pretty passionate about here at Inspire Radio. You know the the health and well being and the mental health and well being of people, and and the role that sport and community sport in particular um, plays in that. And it's easy to forget, I guess, because you you know you're playing um, you know international and state level uh, sport, but you you've still got a very strong connection with. Um, your your community club, uh, well, your your premier club, your community club with Subiaco. Um, yep. Is that you know when you do get the time when it's it's pretty rare for you to get club time to play club <laughs> cricket, but do you enjoy pulling on the the yellow and maroon? I think it is uh, of the Subiaco colours. Yeah, I love it, mate. Like um, the really great thing about um, since Rebecca Grundy's come on board as our coach is. Uh, she's really big on that connection back um, to the community and back within, um, you know, our club. So every Wednesday, um, our state girls go back down and, you know, some some join in training, some take training, some coach. Um, and I think it's just really important, particularly at this time of the year when potentially we're going to be, well, we are going to be away for five to seven weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just to build, to build that sort of connection within your club when you can. And mm-hmm. and I think over the last couple of seasons, um my headspace around club cricket and um, the role that I can play has really changed. I think for, for a, a long time being a, a young upstart, I would I'd probably call myself who probably knew, you know, thought they knew everything and, and I thought at different times they were better than everyone else, um, really saw club cricket as a bit of a burden. And I think um, my, my headspace definitely has changed over the years as I've matured as a person and as a player and, and I really value that space and, and I think over the last two years, any opportunity that I do get to play for Subi, um, it just means a hell of a lot to me because you're right, we don't really get to be able to go back and play every weekend. So, you know, when we do, we need to make sure that, you know, we are we are there as role models and we're setting the right example. But most importantly, um, we're just enjoying having a game of cricket. And I think, um, you know, that's what I love about Subi is, um, you know, that's that's a place where um, that's created. Um. I know personally the the effect that that has, uh, like you know, with players like yourself. I mean, and let's 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 not beat around the bush, you Nicole. I know you're going to be a little bit humble here, but um, you know, you are one of the the greatest players the state has produced. And I know I know personally going down to training when I, in my role where I've been supporting clubs and the young players that I've um you know been lucky enough to mentor through their program in the pathways. When when you're there, um. It does make a massive difference. They they walk taller, um, and they really look up to you. So that 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 role that you play, it, even if it is um, helping out with some coaching, is is huge. That role modelling, and I think in most sports, role modelling from older uh, players to the younger players, it's it's an old tradition, but it's a tradition that's still very important today. So uh, you don't don't underestimate the value that has. And and it's fantastic that the um the program is allowing you to to do more of that. Yeah, it is, and um you know I sort of think back when I was a young pup starting in my career for Subi Morris, and I had some you know really iconic players down at my club that sort of took me under their wing wing and helped me develop. And um you know I'm sort of oh, I don't want to divulge my age, but you know I'm sort <laughs> of um coming coming to that sort of 
little transition period of my career now where I think I'm in that space where I can actually give back to the club. And I think that's what is probably going to, you know, prolong, um, you know, my career of playing cricket. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, So, you know, look, winning, winning the Zoe Goss medal, um, Zoe's obviously an icon of the game in in Australia and and the world in the, in the female game. Um, Not only winning the medal, but, um, you know, she's, she's part of the coaching group uh, with the WA squad. Uh, that must be something as well because, I mean, when you were coming through as a young girl, she was, she was women's cricket in Australia, really. She was, she was the name. She was the one that everyone sort of knew. Yeah, exactly right. And, um, you know, I played my first season and I think it might have been Zoe's last season. And so I was, you know, pinching myself when I was a 16 year old going out to bat with Zoe Goss. Cause I was like, how good is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, and even, even when I was playing back in those days, I think it was Stuart Hill that Zoe used to play for. And we used to hate playing Stuart Hill because we knew that Zoe was going to have a day out. And, and, you know, at that, at that time we were playing 80 over cricket. So I mean, 80 overs of watching Zoe Goss, but I loved it. But Avril and Angel probably didn't really appreciate that. But um, <laughs> So to have her involved um, in the WA female space is massive. And I, and I know Zoe would say in herself that she's a little bit of an introvert and I think <laughs> for her to come, to come out of her shell and, and really, um, you know, sort of teach these young girls coming through um, from her experiences is, is pivotal. And I know she's played a, a really big role in, in our program over the last couple of years. And, and she loves it, mate. She's the only one that will sit on the sidelines in T20 and still want to slip in when it's the 19th over. And I'm like, Zoe, <laughs> probably not a good idea because we probably need to save the boundaries. But, you know, that's just, that's just um, from where Zoe's come as well and, and where cricket's gone. Um, you know, she's seen, seen a, an evolution of the game as well. So, um, yeah, it's just lovely to have her, have her around the group. Yeah, like, like I said, um, you know, she she is an icon of the game, and uh, for for young for young players like when you you had that opportunity um, to, to 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 be with her as you were coming through, and now there's the young. I mean, the squad's getting younger and younger. Um, you know, like this this year's uh, new girls that have signed up. I mean, they're they're still in their teens, um, like you are, I guess. Um, and they've still got Zoe to be able to sort of uh, mentor them through. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's just like how cool like to be able to have Zoe Goss back back involved at the WACA. Um, you know, it's a bit iconic, like with the with the men's having um, you know Jeff Marsh involved. You know, it's yeah. that, that sort of connection back to history, and um, you know, they just don't the girls just don't know how lucky they are to have players like that come back in and, and want to give their time. So, um, you know, it's just a fantastic, fantastic program that the WAC has created and, and, you know, hats off to Zoe. I mean, sometimes players, once they finish, they, they step away and they realise there's a, a life outside of the bubble. But, um, you know, she just loves it so much that she just wants to come back and, and get involved, which is huge. Okay. Um we're, we're going to just plug plug on because we're, we're sort of a bit short of time. So rather than break, we'll just uh, continue with a couple extra questions, if that's okay, um, Nicole. Um, yeah, go for it. So I just wanted to sort of uh, discuss, um, you took some time away from the game recently, um, you know, to sort of deal with with your mental health. Now, how, how important a role has sport played in, in helping you put uh, processes in place to sort of 
uh, better manage yourself? Yeah, I think as we're seeing these days, a lot of um, a lot of sports people are, are taking time away from their, their chosen chosen professions um, to deal with mental health issues, and I think. You know, I just feel like I'm in such a privileged position because, I, you know, I sort of look at it and going, well, my issues aren't too dissimilar to someone within the community that, that's dealing with mental health. But, you know, the advantage that I have is I work in an organisation where I have access to those resources and programs that are actually going to assist me not only as a, as a person but also within my workplace. So... Um, you know, when I did take time away, I really wanted to make sure that I was engaging those people um, and I guess making sure that um, I was really clear on, on what areas I needed to manage. And, and I'm really fortunate that I had a lot of support from the WACA and a lot of support from Cricket Australia. And, and I think um, if I didn't have that, um, it may have taken me a little bit longer to, to get back on the horse as such. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with... Um so again, so you know, you're you're a fit and strong and, and healthy, healthy young woman. Um, did did you find um, maintaining your your health, your physical health, as a key to assisting with your mental health? Yeah, massive. I think when I um, actually made the decision to to step away, my body was in such a bad physical shape in terms of um, fatigue, no energy, and. Um, it took me a couple of weeks, actually, where I, I said, I'd say I, I lived in the cave as such, where I didn't have the energy to do anything. And and at that stage, and and you know me, Arazio, mm-hmm. um, I'm really massive on um, my fitness and yeah. and being in the best shape that I can. And and I think for so many years I have had this um, this way of living um, at the top, which is what you need to do, is where you, you're you're told what to do every day and. And you need to make these benchmarks and and everything so regimented that yeah, that two k time trial that two k time <laughs> trial yeah yeah and I and, and I tell you what I, I I for the first time in my life I, I didn't know what to do like mm. to be honest I was like I've got this opportunity to do whatever I I feel I need but I still was needing someone to tell me well what does my day look like how many sessions when do I have this and. So it was a massive adjustment and I think, um, you know, Joey Rotundo and and he's a really good mate of mine and and I sort of um, said to him, look, I'm I'm keen to start to be active again. So, you know, we started by just going for some long walks along the coast, which I think is really important for me Um, and I don't know what other people like, but just being outdoors and and talking and taking in nature really um, did things for me And, Mm -hmm. and then as my my energy levels started to improve. We started to introduce some runs. And and once once I was in a place where I, I felt really good, um, it kind of became contagious where I would just, you know, get out every day, go for a walk, go for a run and and just really embrace um, being outdoors. And, and I think it, it actually has a, a positive effect. And, and I know that people really struggle when you are feeling really low and, and you don't want to leave the cave and it seems... I mean, a, a really mundane task of just going to the shop for me was extremely difficult, let alone mm-hmm. then having to go for a run. And and I think the thing is when, when you're in that stage, it's just really small little things that um, you set yourself to achieve each day. And, and as you feel better, you increase it, you increase it because then you start feeling like you're getting a purpose back and, and you're, you're, you're doing things in your day and, 
and for me to be physical and get back in the gym and, and work with my trainer outside of the WACA um, yep. was just awesome. It was just a new space and it just really brought me back to life. So the changing environment was as important as anything. I mean, the, 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 the getting, being physically, being physically active um, and, and as simple as a walk, like getting out and just walking and, and connecting with nature, but the different environment helped as well, didn't it? Yeah, massive. And I think, um, you know, I was playing cricket for Australia for, um, you know, the last six years. And for the last six years, all, all I've known what was you know, what was told to me and, and how I had to do it. And um, the only time that I really got left to my own devices was during um, player leave. But even then you sort of get prescribed what you need to do. And um, so you, you sort of, yeah, well, that's the thing you can't afford in that environment. You cannot afford to come back in bad shape because yeah. it's, we don't have the same preseason because we need to prepare to play a lot earlier than everyone else. So you, basically your preseason, you'd have maybe two, two weeks of enjoying yourself. Then, then you're back on it for four weeks and, and I think I was a product of my environment and I think I developed a really unhealthy relationship with um, not being able to essentially just live my life and, and feel okay. I always felt this sense of guilt, like don't eat that, don't go out, don't enjoy a, don't enjoy a drink, um, you know, make sure I've got to do this, this and this because I've got to make sure that when I come back, like I'm good to go. So um, yeah, I think an environment plays a massive role. And that's why I say to these girls even even now is um, it's a really hard thing to manage because the sport is getting more professional. So yeah. with being more professional, there's going to be more demands. And mm -hmm. I think we just really need to make sure that um, away from the, from the sport, when we do have those opportunities to have a break or have a spell, um, you know, that we're allowing players to actually just be people. Yeah. And look look after look after you look after you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, look look bolts. Um, it's been fantastic having you on board today. Um, really enjoyed chatting about uh, your journey and and how things are going and and how you've um you've come out of a you know a tough little period. So well done with that. Um, really proud of you, and um, good luck in the upcoming WBBL and WNCL seasons for um, this coming season, however it looks, because it's, it's, it could change again. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and I just want to say thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, uh, I love to be involved in stuff like this, and I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Hopefully when we get over to the uh, bubble, well, you never know, if you want to get in contact with some of the Scorchers girls, we'll uh, give you a bit of an update from Hub Life. We'd oh, absolutely love that. You want us there. So uh, we'll hold you to that one there, Bolts. So thanks a lot for yeah, coming yeah, on board. board. We're on board. Um, sorry you didn't hear much from me. Um, I was just in awe listening to you. Um, what what <laughs> an amazing, uh, inspiring uh, woman you are for, for women in cricket. And thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you, you, seriously, guys, like I was looking forward to this all week to have a chat and um, it's been a nice way to close out a Friday. So, yeah, thank you very much for giving your time up. Okay. No problem at all. Thank you and lovely chat. Thanks, okay, thanks. Bye See bye. you guys. Bye. So um, that, that was a wonderful chat with Bolts. Um, just listening to her, I could sit and listen all day. She's uh, quite quite the professional athlete, isn't she? She is. Um, I've been privileged to uh, be able to work with her for a while and um, 
uh, a more driven athlete in any sport, uh, I think you'd you'd find hard to uh, to meet. And what she's gone through, and um, I think got on her for championing championing mental health. Like Absolutely. she hasn't hidden away from it. She said, "I I need some help," and she reached out and she sort of said, "Well, how can I help others to get through?" Um, I, I think because as we say, it's it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, and I think her story towards the end there highlighted the importance of balance in your life. Yeah. Um, so in, in in Nicole's case, her career is playing cricket. Um, but whatever your job is, you do need to balance that with some some self enjoyment uh, and, and self care. Definitely. Um, so that wraps up our show for uh, celebrating women in sport uh, for National Women's Health Week and. Uh, we spoke to three very inspiring women who have done so much to carve pathways for women in sport, and we hope that we've encouraged our listeners, uh, female listeners in particular, to get involved. Pick up a cricket bat, pick up a footy. Although the footy season's almost over, but uh, you can always kick a footy down the park. But mm-hmm. definitely get involved in in cricket as that season's beginning. Yep. And as we wrap up, we just want to remind. Listeners, that we'd love to have community cl- club representatives or recreation and art groups on, on to have a chat about their their club and programs so that we can help get the word out for you guys. To get in touch, uh, email us at info at inspireradio.org.au uh, and we'd love to share, share your information and have a chat. Don't forget this weekend there is a lot to do in the community. There's the uh, female cricket have a go day. What's the details on that again, Orazio? Um, it's down at Showwater. No, no, no. It's Kariba, not. Kariba Reserve. Sorry, Kariba Reserve in Rockingham. Yep, yep, you got me. You know more than me. Um, yeah, Kariba Reserve in Rockingham, ten thirty a.m. on Sunday. Yep. So uh, get down there. Whether you're five or whether you're fifty-five, there's something there for all. So please get down there and, and sign up. Cricket's a great sport for all. Um, and as Emma was uh, talking to us earlier in our show today, um, even if you're a beginner, um, please come along. And, yeah, definitely, I might even get down there, see how we go. Oh, come on. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also on the same day, um, so I think I've got listeners' day planned out for them on Sunday. They can get down to this cricket thing at Kariba Reserve yep. in Rockingham, at 10, 10.30, whatever. Yep. And then that finishes at 12.30. They might miss one of the earlier coming. games, yep. but certainly they can head on down Reserves. to Pill Thunder, yep. uh, David Gray's Arena, and catch the Resis and the league women, um, Waffle women, playing the preliminary finals to secure a, supo- a spot in the grand final next week. Uh, so get on down to that. It's free entry. Go and support... Uh, your sisters, your mums, your nieces and what have you in some of their great footy skills. And finally, another another program that listeners might be interested in is uh, the Rockingham Blue Tree Project for Hope. Um, that's happening tomorrow, Saturday, the 12th of September, 10am to 2pm, corner of Beldivis Road and Safety Bay Road, Beldivis. Uh, the tree is already blue, so you won't miss it. And people, anyone from the community can head on down and uh, put a handprint on the tree in a contrasting colour of paint in memory of someone they've lost or to provide support to others. Get on down there. There'll be a sausage sizzle raising funds for Cypress, which works with uh, young people 
who have experienced suicide. Um, so what have we got on next week, Orazio? Um, next week we're going to be broadcasting live from Rockingham Senior High School. Um, they've got an event that they'd like us to be at, so we're looking forward to that. So, oh, that's going to um, be great. So, fun. so look out on on the Facebook page, Inspire Radio's Facebook page for uh, what we have planned for the week. But uh, that, that'll be fun to uh, see how um, catch up with some of our local students in the local area. Yeah, absolutely. And coming up next is Andrew and Steve's Drive Time Show, and from us, it's. Have a great weekend and we'll speak to you next week. For the community, Inspire Radio.